Welcome to this week's episode of the Two Brothers and Their Sports Podcast. Our topics this week are who we think should have won the MLP MVP honors for 2020, Kim Ng being named GM of the Miami Marlins, a recap of the Saints vs. Buccaneers game, and two brothers, two picks for week 10. But first, we talk about who we think should have won both the MLB, the NL and AL MVP honors for 2020. So let's start off with the AL. Um, Jose Abreu, the first baseman for the Chicago White Sox, won. So what I think is, I think DJ LeMay should have won. He was, he should have been the MVP. He he was a batting champ. His fielding is stellar. He's been amazing for the Yankees the past two years. Don't know where he's going to go in free agency, but he's been amazing. He should easily, he, was, he finished third, which isn't bad, but I think he should have won. But for the NL, Freddie Freeman won, which I agree with. He was so good. I, it, was, it was either between him or Mookie. And I think Mookie was a little overrated this season. I feel that Freddie Freeman went under the radar and just popped off. So I think he and Abru was really good too. So I believe both of them deserved the MVP. I just think for the AL, at least LeMay should have been second. Okay, I very much disagree. I think Abreu definitely um, won it. I think he should have won it too. He won AL MVP. And he was the first White Sox player to win the award back-to-back since Frank Thomas in 1993 to 1994. And Frank Thomas let me out as a Hall of Famer. So that's the kind of company Jose Abreu was in. We saw what he was, what things he was doing this year. He led the White Sox, single-handedly led the White Sox. You could say Tim Anderson too. But the two of them... Single-handedly led the White Sox. How is it single-handedly if it's two people? Okay, both of them, whatever, double-handedly led the White Sox to the playoffs. And both of these players were doing so well. Tim Anderson, the shortstop um, for the White Sox. But Jose Abreu won it back-to-back. I think he definitely deserved it. LeMayu, Jose Abreu was stellar, like very, very good in both Fielding and hitting. LeMay was very good at hitting. He had the um, league title for batting average, but his his fielding wasn't bad, but it wasn't as good as um, Abreu's. And we we see how flexible Abreu is on the on the first base bag. So I think he should have won that. And Just then, because you're flexible doesn't mean you should win. I know, but did you see some of the plays he made? Some of his highlights. Yeah. Did exactly. you see some of the highlights LeMay I made? did, but. I know. I, I don't disagree with this. I just think it should have been a closer race. I know. LeMay won third, and I'm not saying that's wrong, but I think Ramirez, Jose Ramirez won second. But Abreu, I think, rightfully won this. I don't think people were close, but I think Abreu was – He was. they made the right choice in awarding this to him. And then NL Freddie Freeman. So if anyone remembers, he started off the year with COVID, and he ended the year with an MVP. That's crazy, and – that shows how much these athletes have to endure during this time. And the fact that he, as I said, he went under the radar. And I, But I think, I do think Mookie Betts should have won this award. I think Mookie Betts, you could Mookie say. Mookie Betts is a little overrated. He started, okay, he started off the season slow, but he ended up finishing very, He they finished fast. They won the World Series. He was a key part in that win. He, okay. He, yeah. So what I'm what I'm saying is, so what I think so what if if uh the if they made it then um Freddie Freeman would have been too. Yeah, I know, but they didn't. And because that, their team isn't as good. Exactly. But, but not because of monkey. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is 
that Mookie had a he had a very good first season with the Dodgers. Um, but I I think he should have won this. But I don't have you a just pro- you just said but. What do you mean? Listen, but? I'm saying, um, I think I think Mookie should have won this. Um, but Freddie Freeman definitely the people that they awarded are definitely deserving of um these two awards. And now it's time to talk about the first ever female GM, Kim Ng. So Kim Ng, as I said, the first female GM to ever be in the MLB, and to she's the um first fe- the now she's the female with the highest position in the MLB, and I think this is the start of something big. It can be a huge. I hope it is. Yeah, I hope too, because there's a huge drop off in men and women's. Um, athletics and not just athletics, but even positions in uh, in sports teams and in leagues. So I think the Marlins—they're setting the bar high. They—I think they're gonna start a trend. I hope they start a trend. Um, and they—they they really were ambitious. They really were daring. And I think this move is gonna pay off. I hope it does pay off. Um, and um, Arsh both and I wish Kim Ang success with this team. We we hope that she shows. The um the whole MLB that oh so if you hire me I'm gonna if you hire a woman they're not just gonna ruin your team they're gonna help your team and I think that is true and this will definitely help with that um I give props to the Marlins too they they were the first people this was really daring as I said before um I think this this was just all everything about this was great and this something may that may have to do with this. Derek Jeter became um when he bought the Marlins in 2017. Yeah, he, the first African American. Yeah, he was the first African American CEO. And then this may have to do something. It might not, but he, then he hires the first not he but his the people he bought it with. Um, his team. Yeah, they hire the first um they hire the first female GM. So there's a lot of firsts in that Marlins um in that Marlins franchise right now. And whatever Derek Jeter is doing, it seems to be working. We see this kind of success they had this year, and hopefully um, Kim Aang can take them to the next level this year. Yeah, so I think this is really great for young girls or even women who want to get into baseball. And if she does a good job, it doesn't really necessarily mean you have to make the World Series or even playoffs. Just if they draft well, if they trade well, it'll really push the woman being in the MLB. And right now there's a huge drop-off between men and women. It's not really fair. It's not necessarily fair. And this may help with that. Yeah, and what you were saying before that um, it hope it inspires many young girls, it can also inspire young men too to make some change if they see something is not right. We see what Derek Jeter did, and he pr- must have seen something was not right. He hired. They hired the first GM, the first female GM, Kim Ang, um on Friday. So this is really historic. We wish, as we said earlier, Arsh and I both wish Kim Ang good luck and the Marlins good luck the rest of, or the start of next year. And now we're going to talk about a recap of the Saints first Buccaneers game, which happened on Sunday night. What went well for the Buccaneers and what didn't with Tom Brady throwing three interceptions? Well, basically nothing went well for them. They really, they really stunk it up out there. And I think part of a lot of this blame deserves to go on Tom Brady. He did not have the best of nights, maybe the worst of his career. He needs to play way, way better than that, especially with the team he has. He's force-feeding it to Antonio Brown. I don't understand why you have two pro bowlers, receivers, the goat of tight ends, an amazing running back, another amazing running back. Like, it doesn't make any sense. He has 
It's it, the, all the weapons he has is just absurd. It, it, it's just crazy. It may be the best in all of in all of the NFL. Maybe only the Cowboys have a chance. So I just think a lot of this needs to go on Coach Bruce Arians, though, because they ran it four times, and that's just unacceptable. You can't do that and win the game. I agree with that. Um, but I think a lot of credit also deserves to go to the Saints. They must have. They studied film pretty well. They found the Buccaneers' weaknesses. Uh, Breeze was spreading it around all over the field, and they just had a great night. I think the Buccaneers' defense is not bad, but the Saints. Some days you just have bad days, and occasionally the other team has a good day when you're having a bad day, and that is the result of what just happened. That is the result of what just happened um, on Sunday night. The Saints took full advantage. Emmanuel Sanders was back. Michael Thomas was back. Both of them um, were, Drew Brees were just spreading the ball all around the field. He found his third string tight end for a touchdown. So I think a lot of credit deserves to go to the Saints and the Buccaneers. But I, I think the Saints just played this out pretty well. Like you said, you can't run the ball three times a game, even if you have uh, Leonard Fournette, especially if you have Leonard Fournette, who's really good. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. But what? why do you... Was Brady under pressure the whole night, or why, why do you think he threw three interceptions? Was he force-feeding it? Because I know you said... Wait, he was, yeah, he was under so much pressure. Like, it was crazy. Because you said he was force-feeding it to Antonio, so I was... I, what, what went wrong for Brady? Well, yeah, I think he was he was just throwing it basically only to Antonio. It, like, you can't do that. They're, they have so many good wide receivers. And then after that, like, he just had some bad throws, and it happens to everyone. So yeah. I just think he needs to play a little bit better, but who really needs to play? Be- who really needs to coach better? Is it has to be Bruce Arians? Yeah, I agree with that. I think Tom Brady was a, uh, under a lot of duress and pressure that whole game. But like I said before, the Saints just had a night on the Buccaneers defense, and it showed. So I props to the Saints, and hopefully, or not hopefully, but the Buccaneers. I think they should progress this week playing Carolina defense. That is among the worst in running. So I think their carries will come this week. And now it's time for our weekly segment, Two Brothers, Two Picks. So my first pick this week is going to be, as I said last week too, Wayne Gallman. Now he's playing um, a Philadelphia defense that is not pr- not horrible, but they're pretty banged up. Um, Devontae Freeman most likely not going to play. And his past three games in PPR leagues, let me just read them. 16.4 points, then 13, and then 14.7. And a touchdown in each game. A touchdown in each game, yes. And in his in against the first time he played Philly was the time he got 16.4. And he had five receptions. So he's being used a lot. This The Philly game was when Devontae Freeman got hurt, and he still had 16.4 points. So I think he can easily repeat that production. Um, Devontae Freeman... Most likely going to be out probably again next week. Or next week is a bye. So this week, I would just, if you need a fill-in, I would, um, if you need a fill-in, I would take Wayne Gallman. And my second player is J.D. McKissick playing the um, Detroit Lions. He's not their primary back. He gets around five carries a game. But he is their pass-catching back. And the past, last game against the Giants, he had nine catches for 65 yards. That alone is 15.5 fantasy points. Now he comes uh, encountered with a Detroit Lions defense that is very messed up and very horrendous. So if I had to choose, I would say J.D. McKissick. J.D. McKissick over um, 
uh, Gibson this week. Antonio Gibson. Yeah. Um, J.D. McKissick over Antonio Gibson this week, I would say, because um, uh, McKissick is a running back and a pass catching back. So my two picks are Wayne Gallman and J.D. McKissick. So for my two picks, I'm actually going to go Josh Reynolds. He's only rostered in 2.3% of ESPN Fantasy Leagues. 2.3! But he's actually really good. He's not that bad. He's boomed twice, he's caught a touchdown twice, and he's on the rise. Against San Francisco, who's a very good defense, we know that. 12.5 points, and then against Chicago, who's an even better defense, 15.2. And um, I really would just, I I would put Josh, I mean, Josh Reynolds in, Cooper Cup, and uh, um, Robert, Woods. Robert Woods aren't doing that well. Josh Reynolds is, has, I, if I were you, and he was on the waiver, which he should be, he's only rostered in 2.3%, I would easily pick him up. And my second player is actually probably going to be um, Danny Amendola. So Amendola used to play on the Patriots. He's, he's been good this season, 13.1 points, 14.9 points, and he hasn't caught a touchdown yet this season. He's boomed once, but I think he'll do very good. Um, he's playing Washington, who's first, like, they're, they're, I think they're a little overrated, but it's your choice. But if I were you, I'd get Dan, Danny and on. Danny Amendola, who's only rostered in 7.1 leagues. So, my two picks are Danny Amendola, Detroit Lions wide receiver, and Josh Reynolds, Los Angeles Rams wide receiver. And my two picks, again, are Wayne Gallman and J.D. McKissick. And let me just add, I just checked, um, Devontae Freeman is just got placed on IR. So, he's definitely going to miss this week, then his bye, and then week 12. So, I would definitely, that's, I'm going to pick him up in my league too. Wayne Gallman, that's definitely my number one ad this week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Two Brothers and Their Sports Podcast. If you enjoyed, please leave a review. We check those daily. And also check out our website, twobrothersandtheirsports.com. Thanks and have a great rest of your day.